I am Zarina Dimitrova, a strategic partner and mentor to businesses in the process of transformation. Join me on Grow and Learn as we explore a range of topics from personal development and career advancement to relationship building and financial management. With practical advice, inspiring stories and expert interviews, we'll give you the tools you need to thrive in every aspect of your life. Join us as we share insights and strategies that can help you achieve your personal and professional growth objectives. Welcome to Grow and Learn, Curious Minds. This is Zorina, your host. Today, we're going to be speaking technology. My guest is Sharek Shaikh, who is the founder of a company called CleverX. He's a technology guy who used to work for Gartner. Now he's developed this platform that he's going to tell you all about, but uh, it has to do with connecting people to research teams. And with this, I'm welcoming Sharek to give us the details. Hi, Sharek. Hi, Zorina. Pleasure to be here. Very nice to have you as well. Sherek, you you're um you're you've been deep in technology. What did you do at Gartner exactly? It was something yeah, uh, what you started, right? Yeah, um, so just to give uh, you know the listeners some context, um I'm I'm a software engineer by trade. I, you know, studied my computer science engineering from a pretty decent school back in India and then um uh, worked for multiple technology companies before I landed my job at Gartner. Um, so Gartner was a place where, you know, uh, we were involved with working with the top level people in governments and large enterprise organizations to help them make informed decisions on technology. Um, um, it could be around technology investments, could be around how they should think about strategizing the technology departments across application infrastructure, security, and things of that sort. So I was really lucky to work with some very interesting people all around the world um, and uh, uh, get to know them, get to spend time with them, how they are thinking of making these massive multi-million dollar decisions when it comes to, to the technology departments. Uh, and my role was facilitating those decisions, you know, by bringing Gartner analyst and connecting them to the customers who would need help in making those decisions. Um, so yeah, uh, it's been a fascinating ride, you know, just looking at how companies see technology uh, changing their work, changing the way these businesses operate, and how we would help them major decisions across the um, the spectrum. Yeah. Okay, and so out of this experience, uh, your current company was born, CleverX. I understand it is, uh, you have identified some gaps at Gartner that you were able to fill with the new company. Can you tell us a bit more about the model, what exactly it enables people to do? Yeah, absolutely. So Gartner, uh, for for people who don't know what Gartner does, it's a New York uh, public listed company. Uh, it's been around for a few decades now. Um, and they, they are the leading company in the world when it comes to technology research. Um, they connect with a lot of CIOs, uh, head of technology, CTOs all around the world to understand how they feel about technology, how that's gonna change their work and their, their companies. Um, and when I worked into Gartner, for me, it was more about my technology experience coming together with market research because Gartner does a lot of like research to bring those insights for um, these customers. Um, and I figured out, you know, while working at Gartner that companies like globally spend around $75 billion conducting market research. It could be any kind of research. So it could be a B2C research, which is like just trying to get some insights from Ford 
buyers, you know, people who want to buy Ford cars or Tesla versus making major decisions like, hey, should we use AI in our company and the use cases around that AI for that specific organization or the type of industry. Uh, and when when I got deeper into market research space, understanding how it works, um, we figured out that there's 40% fraud that happens on online surveys. And that's the major, uh, that's one of the most biggest method that companies use to figure out insights when they're conducting online surveys with enterprise people. Um, and there's a 40% fraud in that space. What that what means that is- mean? what, what, what Where's the fraud coming from? Yeah, so uh, what happens is in the traditional way of conducting online surveys, uh, when a company, let's say, wants to talk to 1,000 CEOs of large companies, right, to conduct a, a survey uh, on what is the macro trend for 2024, you know, is there going to be a recession or not, or how do they see risk in businesses versus growth? Um, when when those traditional surveys um, are done, the, the researcher doesn't even know who these thousand people are individually. Mm-hmm. This might be a shocker to a lot of people, but it happens because, because of GDPR and compliance laws, the, the people who conduct these research do not share individual identities. Mm-hmm. In my view, I think that's a bad way of doing things because that's been happening for the last 20, 30 years. And we've completely flipped that model with my new company, which is CleverX, uh, which is a marketplace for market research. What that means is it looks very much like LinkedIn, where you can sign up on the platform and you can connect with thousands of people who are very senior business professionals, and you can individually invite them for your online survey. So you have all the transparency where I would know exactly who my survey respondents were, so I can be confident in my decision making because I know that these were legitimate people who came in to uh, you know, participate in my survey. I know them individually, and I can even connect with them one-on-one if I want to, to discuss more things with them or do video calls with these individuals after conducting an online survey. So I think we flipped that model where we're bringing more transparency and trust to the process to eradicate that 40% loss on fraud that happens in online surveys, especially in the B2B world. Mm-hmm. So the fraud is actually coming from the companies that conduct the surveys, the these intermediaries, because- Indeed. Yeah. Okay, because the GDPR gives them the buffer not to disclose who they're interviewing. This is what you meant. Okay. Yeah, it's basically a conflict of interest because financially the, the middleman wants to give you as many responses as they want, right. but they don't want to. And these are unreliable panel providers. Not all panel providers are like that, but there's a majority of them which are doing these things which should be stopped in my view or eliminated completely uh, because uh, for them, the conflict of interest is I want to give as many responses so I can make money off of that survey. But if I give the exact identity of these people, uh, I'm more accountable to that process. And those responses will not be covered as successful responses. So they use the the mask of GDPR and privacy laws to tell their customers that, hey, we cannot share it because of these these reasons. Uh, In reality, what we've seen where thousands of surveys happen on our platform Actual people who are respondents are completely okay to share their information. That's the reality. Yeah, but okay. Did GDPR entered in space around 2015? What what was the case before that? Do you know? I mean, shouldn't have been the case of fraud. So the problem, the problem is the there are two things that these panel providers share with their with their customers. One is like, hey, your um, insights will get biased if you ask them for their identity. So that's one. 
And the second thing before GDPR, what the B2B world did not do well in the market research space was they carried out the, the same traditional ways of doing B2C surveys. Uh, they didn't come up with a new way of doing it because the pricing between a B2C and a B2B survey is massive. For example, a B2C survey would cost a company somewhere between $5 to $10. Mm-hmm. But if you go on the spectrum of B2B, because these are very senior business professionals, that could even range from $80 to $200. Mm-hmm. So the difference is massive, but the method of doing it has remained the same. And I think that was a mistake that happened in that industry and the fraud numbers just went up because now you're more incentivized to make $100 by not sharing your information for 15 minutes of your time, right? So where money is uh, involved, fraudulent activities increase. And I think the numbers are not uh, minimizing. Every passing year, the trust in these research processes is getting worse. Um, and we are trying to to, to come up with a model, uh, a novel approach that solves that problem. All right. L- let's hear more details about CleverX then. So it's LinkedIn-like. You get there, you select the the target group for, for your research. And what happens next? Yeah. And what, what you have to do is simply connect your uh, survey tool to our platform. So let's say you programmed your survey on Qualtrix or Confirmit or even type form or Google Forms, right? Wherever you've hosted and programmed your survey, you can bring that link into our system, into our platform, and connect it to the audience that you want to conduct survey with. There's also another way where if you go on the platform today, you'll see all these hundreds of research opportunities that companies have posted. People can apply for them. And as a market researcher who's actually taking care of that research project, you have the ability to accept or reject those applicants as well. So you get like a pool of people that is coming inbound to you who want to participate in the service, but you can also go ahead and select these people through the platform to invite them for your specific project. And that has become, uh, that, that's that been pretty amazing uh, for uh, the industry in itself because it gives confidence and trust to these market researchers. But at the same time, uh, we have seen growth like 5x in the last three years in our company and CleverX is doing incredibly well just by providing the transparency and trust to to these market researchers. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what is the willingness then of um, uh, research respondents to, to take part in these researches? Yeah, there are two motivations, actually. It's a very good question. Uh, one being money, of course. You know, you make money for 15 minutes of your time. You can be on your dining table and you don't have to coordinate anything and you can participate in a survey and for the successful response, you get paid for it. But the second motivation that we've seen, which is also equally important, all these senior business professionals also want to know what is the outcome of these survey uh, results. Right. Because they're participating in these surveys because they're excited about their industry or there's something new happening there. So usually they go go and connect and chat with their researcher as well, uh, asking them, hey, hey, can you send me like a one pager once this research study is completed for me to know what really happened in this survey because it's just, you know, uh, something that I would like to learn about as well. So this was also the Gardner model as far as I remember, or all, all I, because I have also worked in a technology company and... Uh, I have participated in such surveys myself, and I know that yeah. they've been promising me also these um, short reports once the survey yeah. is done. Um, yeah. I'm aware of the model. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you as an as a professional definitely want to know right what's going on in your industry, and that's a pretty big motivation for people to acquire that knowledge if you participate in a survey. Uh, Gartner model goes a little bit beyond just research reports, right? So a lot of people know them about research reports, but their major revenue source is actually advisory, which means like you can connect with their analyst. The the person who actually created that report, you can actually have a call with them for thirty minutes mm-hmm. to get insights about your specific unique use case and learn a little bit more about making that decision. So the model goes further beyond just research into advisory space as well. I think that's where the revenues come from most of the times. Yeah, I see. Okay, so so uh, apparently there is um, enough demand, as you're saying, your company has 5x in the past three years. Um, what What is your interest in technology which which areas of technology are you personally interested in what are you following what are the trends now can you share a bit yeah uh, i mean it might sound cliche but i genuinely believe like ai is the next um you know internet uh, i mean the way internet changed us in the last 15 20 years uh with online purchases getting a cab uh, ordering your meals or just getting your groceries that has been like a huge phenomenon right your education now is happening on the on the internet too uh, so I, I think AI is that next um, you know evolution in the world of technology I'm very very closely associated to to a lot of companies who are working on it we are also building our own AI components to make research process more faster better um, using AI into our platform as well. So that's that's happening very, very uh, fa- at a fast pace. But also there's a lot of hype around what's possible versus what's not. So that's something that I would encourage people to understand. Companies will market AI products for, um, you know, since that's the next new thing or the next shiny object. Um, but in the next coming years, um, It'll, it'll separate companies which actually have use cases in AI, which really work and solve a particular pain point or a problem versus the hype that we hear. Like every company is like, oh, we are an AI company now. Um, and that's not going to be true in the next coming few years. So a lot of companies, startups might fail who are taking a dig at uh, in, in that AI space. But you will also see some incredible companies coming out of that space uh, in the next five to 10 years. Uh, so it's a very, very fascinating field. Um, I wasn't that excited ever about, you know, blockchain or crypto, uh, although I live in Silicon Valley where that was a huge thing at the time. But I, I genuinely believe that AI is going to be very transformational for everyday use cases in our personal lives as well as, you know, at work. Uh, and it's going to definitely change the way we see things in the next five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you when you when you're speaking and when you're observing trends on AI, are these mostly related to um, end user products, or are these related to B two B products or to processes, or what is the what are the majority of applications that you're observing, like huge developments? Yeah, there's a there's a there. Yeah, I think um, more than startups who will benefit from AI. Um, are going to be companies, companies which are traditional businesses which have a huge amounts of data that's very private. 
that data is not publicly available. So if the distinction that you want to make is everyone's so excited about ChatGPT and so am I. Um, it is basically the reflection of all the content that the world has created or us as a human race, we've created and publicly posted, right? It has scraped all that information to a very large degree. These are large language models and provides you that insight or that information that comes out of overall as a human race, right? But there's this data that's, also in a very, very large quantity that's sitting within companies. So that data, let's say, could be data that Walmart has or data that specifically resides inside Amazon or within a construction company. That data is the most powerful source, I believe, for these AI applications to work with um, to, to give those use cases or solve certain pain areas where that technology can be applied to. So more than startups, uh, I think large enterprises have a edge over startups because they own that data. And that is going to be a very fascinating thing to watch. So my small suggestion to founders who are working in the AI space would be to get access to that data. Now your product can be uh, a way to get access to that data and use that data to train models and solve those problems. But just getting general access to, to that data um, is not a differentiator today because that already exists with multiple companies like OpenAI and other players which are coming into the space. Um, so that proprietary data is going to make a difference between how good that AI application is trained and how it operates because that data is not accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. And how is your uh, personal business, CleverX, uh, developing in light of the development of AI? How would this change? How do you see it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think in, in our case, we are we're building a product which will allow people to not just look for uh, audiences within our platform. So we have like a decent number of people, close to around 16, 17,000 people on the platform, very mm -hmm. senior business professionals. But we are heading into a direction where our AI would be with, with just instructing it with natural language, saying like, hey, I'm conducting a service study for people who own trucking companies and I want to understand these five things from them. Can you find those people for me? Mm -hmm. So it should be able to bring out those people within our platform as well as outside our platform. So people who are on platform and off platform and give you the ability to conduct research with people who don't even exist on our platform. So that's one of the use cases. The other use cases are, um, you know, when you conduct video interviews on the platform, uh, it would just not provide you with the transcripts or the information that's uh, that you're recording, just like we're doing it on the podcast, but it should also be able to provide you these golden nuggets and insights that are coming out of those conversations. It can even further go to a level where it uh, sees your micro expressions as a human being and can provide you some insights. Like in product testing, that is a very, very common thing that happens today. And some companies are already working on it, yeah. where just looking at your expressions, but when you're giving a feedback on a product or a service, it mm. can actually tell you like what are the kind of emotions you're you're feeling right now, apart from the language and the words that you're speaking. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's really valuable for research purposes, right? Uh, so there are plenty of use cases that you're going to see come out in this space. Uh, overall, the job of the market researcher will become easier and faster and hopefully cheaper with the technology being adopted like at scale. Uh, that's how I see it in, in the coming years. Mm -hmm. And uh, how about... Uh... I'm not going to ask you about direct pricing. Of course, people can uh, reach out and check it out for, for themselves. But is it a subscription base? How do people participate? Is it a per project basis? 
Um, yeah, most of the thing, things that happen on a platform are project-based. Um, so companies come and they, let's say they want to like uh, interview or survey 500 people. Uh, they'll actually connect their audiences to the um, to the survey that they have, or they want to conduct uh, uh, video interviews, one-on-ones with uh, senior business professionals. They can do that as well. And once you're successfully transacted on those number of surveys, you pay for the the numbers that you have achieved into that online survey mm-hmm. or conducting a video video interview so you can connect your bank account or credit card to the platform and just make the payouts from there because the platform also allows these companies to incentivize uh, these industry professionals not just through money but you can even give them options to donate that money that they've earned through the platform mm-hmm. for any causes that they care about and we care about that too as a company the other thing you can do is uh, send them amazon gift vouchers or nike gift vouchers uh, things of that sort so you 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 get this entire end-to-end cycle where you can eliminate the middlemen out of the equation and be directly involved with your research respondent rather than someone taking that place or doing that job for you as a, as a middleman. Yeah, very interesting. Very, uh, I, I like the business model a lot. Um, talking about uh, business models and, and startups, uh, tell us a bit about your starting up story. How did it all start? Do you have a co-founder? Um, what does it take to, to build such a company? Yeah, I'm one of those uh, unlucky guys who don't have a co-founder. So I, all the pressure is on me while building the company. But I started off as a solo founder. Um, I'm happy about it, but uh, sometimes it gets difficult as a, as a solo founder because you have a lot of things to take care of just by yourself. Uh, but the journey was very fascinating for us. Um, we uh, When I left Gartner, I started off this company and we launched our first version of the product in 2020. Um the, f- the first version was launched and we were trying to figure out product market fit, which is the holy grail for any startup. Basically, have you built something that actually people want and they're ready to pay money repeatedly over time to use your product? The first year for us was quite difficult. Like we were not able to figure out who really needs our product and why they would want to use us and why is it a differentiated product for them? Uh, but we quickly um, tested it out uh, with multiple different personas, different industry verticals, we were lucky to find you know research as a space in that time because this product can also be used by financial firms to do their own research around companies and, and make their investment decisions. It can be used by technology departments to uh, make investment decisions in technology. But we found a sweet spot with market research people. Um, I think they were struggling with this problem because the single most determinant factor in market research is the quality of your respondents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what we are really, really good at. Uh, and that opened up all the doors for us. So all the the, the largest uh, or the leading market research companies use CleverX as a platform today. We power research for through these companies, we power research for companies like the TikTok, Twitters, the Microsoft uh, of the world. Um, and um, it's been a fascinating journey just to see how people are using this platform for different use cases. So if you go on the platform today and look for something called as research opportunities, there are projects happening for TikTok, AI maturity, um, SMB leaders in Canada, in France, in Turkey. So it's become a global platform for these market research companies to to conduct online surveys or video interviews. Um, and at a given point in time, we have thousands of surveys that happen on a weekly basis um, or th- like you know, uh, hundreds of calls that take place on the platform. So which is which is very exciting to, to watch. Um, but the overall, um, I think 
the the journey has been very rewarding. Uh, we were lucky to find product market fit very quickly into our journey, which is often not the case for even companies who have raised millions of dollars. Um, so it's it's it's, uh, it's been an amazing ride, and we're ready to scale the company now going forward, um, which is doing millions of dollars in terms of revenues now, and hopefully we we get to the next milestone very soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Uh, how big is your team currently? Yeah, so we have 16 employees full-time and a few contractors. Uh, uh, hopefully by end of the next year, we should be doubling down on the team size, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, good luck raising money. <laughs> Thank you very Thank much you. for all the information you shared. It was very interesting. Uh, Sharik, anything that you would like to share that I've missed? Maybe um, share also how people can reach you, the site. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think the most important thing I would share just going through my journey as a as a founder is just be very determined in terms of like how you want to go about things, have a long-term vision and a long-term goal. Don't give up quick too quickly because things look bad sometimes, but they're not that bad. So just having a very stoic view towards things, being calm in situations which could be difficult. Uh, I think people should apply that philosophy. We get bogged down with things very easily. So just just staying in control of how we feel is such an important part of being successful. Um, and of course, I'm happy to you know connect with your uh, audiences anytime. You can look up um, CleverX or me on LinkedIn. I think that's the only channel that I use actively. I'm not on any other social media Um um just just not a very social person i guess but uh you can, they can connect with me on uh, linkedin and my name is sharik so s-h-a-r-e-k-h i should hopefully come into the first few results on linkedin and happy to share my thoughts on any other topic awesome thank you so much for this insightful conversation thank you for listening to grow and learn we hope that you found our podcast informative engaging and inspiring Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.